Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy. Whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show where entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast and around the world are kind of easing in to learn about the amazing stuff that is happening with our shows. And uh, look, I I got to tell you, I've had some fun already with our next guest, uh, Sean. Uh, we've been laughing. Uh, we've been kidding around with each other and just really pumped pumped to have a Canadian creativity king on the show today. You might know him today because he was a contestant on the amazing race where he and his wife raced around the globe competing for number one or as the host on the podcast where a variety of guests discuss all things related to recreational cannabis or finally as a partner and chief creative officer at Arrivals and Departures, an agency based in Halifax and Toronto. Sean King is a highly respected creative enthusiast who gets his kicks out of doing good and stepping beyond the status quo. I love it. With over 25 years experience, Sean is no stranger to what it takes to build a company and think that and have them think outside the box in order to achieve success. In 2006, 
2016, Sean co-founded the Human Preservation Company, a clothing brand aimed at reminding people that we are all in this together. In today's podcast, we're going to talk to Sean about a ton of things, including his journey and learnings from competing on the amazing race and his big ideas for the future. Sean, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's well, crazy listening to that. It's wild, isn't it? You know, I always, I always, uh, I always laugh when I people introduce me to a you know a speaking or whatever, and I always say yeah. people people will listen to anything. They're not going <laughs> to yeah. challenge it. So I'm hoping this is all true, man. I'm hoping it's uh, all true. Yeah. But I, I know it is, and we're so pleased to have you. First of all, you're based out of Halifax, that's correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how come you have two offices, one in Halifax and one in Toronto for arrivals and departures? Is is, is Halifax the head office and Toronto the uh, the satellite? Yeah, this is where we started. Um, uh, the founder started the company just almost 20 years ago now. I joined right. it in, I guess, 95. And um, right. I was brought in to sort of help uh, turn the thing into uh, a more creative agency, like an advertising agency uh, f- from what it was at the time, which is probably more of a design shop. Yeah, and, right on. And who's the founder? Yeah. Uh, Paul LeBlanc. Who's the founder? Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah I know you, Paul LeBlanc. I thought you did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. good friend of mine. I remember Paul LeBlanc when he was selling cellular phones with his That's dad. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah, that is so cool. And he's uh, gone on to create some amazing works. And now, uh, of course, he's got you there. Um, look, I, that's fantastic. Thanks for letting me take that little ride with you on uh, I'm just uh, <laughs> doing this, doing where we're at with you and, and so on. So are you originally from Halifax, though? No, I'm from Newfoundland, actually. I, I was uh, okay. born there, but military brat so I spent a lot of time moving around I uh, right. spent my teenage years living in Germany and then back right. to Canada in, in 1990 I think and I've been here since 95 so Halifax oh. for whatever the math is on that I don't know I don't know 20 some odd years yeah it's enough <laughs> well look uh, Sean I want to uh, I want to talk about what do you want to hope what are you hoping to get out of this conversation today I mean I, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Pot cannabis. We're going to talk about uh, you know rivals and departure. I love that name, <laughs> amazing race, and so on. But I want to make sure we ride this in a direction that you think is valuable for for our audience uh, um, of entrepreneurs. Can you give us a sense of what you're hoping to achieve today? Well, I'm hoping to answer your questions with some level of, uh, <laughs> of integrity and, and uh, something that makes sense, I guess. I, you know, I, having spent a bit of time doing a podcast myself lately, I'm actually happy just to answer the questions. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot better, isn't it? Yeah. Well, let's kind of let's dive into that then. I want to talk about your podcast. It's all around cannabis. Well, take, yeah. us on the, take us on the journey. First of all, you know, what, what, when, when you talk about cannabis, what, are, what is the, the theme around? That, uh, that 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 focus. Well, the point of this podcast is is really to to try to get away from the stoner culture stuff, you know, and really mm-hmm. just get a bunch of different people talking about all the different perspectives related to you know what's about to happen, um, you know, yes. in July. So, yeah. so I mean, we've got uh, – so far, I've had a doctor as a guest, uh, a documentary filmmaker, someone from a licensed producer. Uh, I've got a, a, someone from Colorado lined up who's you know, now been in that legal environment for three-plus years. Um, I've got lawyers. I've got research pollsters coming in. I've got teen advocates and mental health people. So – it's really a discussion. What I what I found is anytime you're you know in a circle of people talking about this subject, 
there's so much that people don't know, want to know, wish they knew. Mm. Um, and so I thought, well, what the hell? Let's let's talk about it with people and put it out there and and see what happens. And are you doing the whole show? I mean, you get uh, are you the editor? Are you the uh, you're obviously the the host. Do you do you know the guest uh, bookings and all that stuff? Because the reason I ask is that uh, I was up at Startup Canada Day on the Hill in Ottawa in October, and uh, I did a session on how to make an effective you know how to how to do podcasting, how to make it effective. And one of the things I referenced was you got to have a good team around you. Yeah. How do you uh, how, how do you approach yours? Well, it wasn't my idea. I mean, the the content was was certainly something I was interested in but it was an idea of a company called village sound uh, they have a village soundcast network they're a they're a local audio production facility here in Halifax and right. they they obviously had the same interest uh, and had for some reason been around enough people to go this this could be an idea um, we I worked with them last year to do a, a podcast to promote uh, a regional advertising award show here in, in Atlanta, Canada. We did a six, epi- yes. six episode series. And after that was done, they said, well, listen, we have this idea. Why don't you host it with us? So they do all that stuff. I don't, they, I don't edit. I don't do any of that. Um, I, I find the guests. I book the guests. I figure out what I'm going to say to the guests and they do the rest. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's still a team though, right? And that's uh, that's key to the whole process. So yeah, when, yeah. You, when you're when you're um, uh, I mean, do you do you have an, an idea? Is it just content delivery now? Because the other part of podcasting is how do you freaking make money off of it? Uh, or is it a labor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you're, what your wife says to me, but mine says every now and then. Don't you think it's about time you made some money off of doing that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I, I got to be honest. I don't. I mean, the, the podcast arena is a new one to me. I love right. I love the forum. I mean, I just love being able to sit down and talk to people and then put it out there. Um, how do we make money on it? I, I'm hoping you were going to tell me, but that, <laughs> I don't know. I was hoping you were going to tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, for me, it's a it's a bit of an outlet to be honest. You know, it's sure it's kind of a different thing than what I do every day. It's the same as you. I don't. It's not my day job. Uh, we record them in batches. You know, similar. Right. Cool. Like, yeah. Yep. Do them in threes, um, mm-hmm. and then the guy we really them and we put a lot of you know social media effort behind it to get them out there um i've been i've been copying trudeau trudeau's social uh, uh handles every time we put something out i'm hoping maybe he'll be willing to choose one day <laughs> that is so awesome yeah. awesome stuff hey you know one person you should have on the show if you haven't already zeroed in on him and you probably have is Derek Rydell out of uh, well, he's out of st john but he's now living in los angeles and uh, he's got uh, a real good focus in that in that area magazine coming out you know all that oh, kind really? of stuff so yeah Derek Rydell if you need me to do an intro to you I definitely will I know he'd be all over being on your your show he's he's a pioneer in edu- in education and knowledge centered around the cannabis world so oh, that's uh, a yeah, real yeah, yeah, real good, good. I seriously, right after the show, let's let's make that connection happen. Sounds so, uh, so uh, cannabis, and um, by the way, I, I loved your profile picture on your uh, your Skype handle. It's, oh, yeah. it's you looking <laughs> like you know your wife has got uh, your butt in her hand, and she's just squeezing your butt really hard. <laughs> like, what's going on in that picture, dude? <laughs> uh, we we were just coming, but you know, it's funny you say that because I you know typically use Skype for for personal stuff, and I. Load- <laughs> 
put it up to do this. I'm like, geez, I wonder if I should change that picture. <laughs> it's, uh, well, she looks, she looks like she's, no, we're going this way, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were just coming back from a bike ride. Uh, we did a, We had done a bike rally down in the valley here in, in okay. Halifax, or Nova Scotia, the, the Wharf Rat Rally. Yeah. And yes. uh, we, I don't know. We were just on our way back from that, having a bit of a pit stop and thought, oh, let's take a picture. And somehow that's what came out. Yeah, well, it, 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 you know what it reminds me of, obviously, is the, the amazing race picture of some of the things that you went through. Can you, and, and thank you for sharing that. It's it's a great photo, folks, and it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you can tell you and your wife are, really enjoy each other's company, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, tell us about the amazing race, because before I get into, you know, arrivals and departures, which is the business uh, side of this, and ultimately, you know, journeys of entrepreneurship and, and so on as a partner, yeah. um, I, that's really intriguing, man, the amazing race. Now, let, let's make mm-hmm. sure we're, we're separate. Is this the Canadian amazing race or the American one? It's the Canadian one. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you you and your wife decided to uh, to pursue that and getting on the show. And what was your what was your ticket that made it work? What was your shtick that they said? Oh my God, we got to have these two. And, and what's your wife's name too? Also, so we just referenced that. Uh, Jennifer is her name. Jennifer. Okay. Yep. Uh, the tick. Oh, you know, I don't really know for sure. I mean, I think that. Uh, Did you prepare t- for this podcast at all, Sean? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Did I prepare? Did you prepare for this podcast? I, I, told, I told you. I just want to answer questions, man. I didn't want to answer questions. Yeah, you didn't. They didn't I, have uh, to be right or wrong. Yeah. I'll Beautiful. tell you what. So we, sorry. Yeah. Well, how'd you I do it? I think the timing was uh, was key because we had we had applied for season two, and in season yes. one they had no contestants. Most of the contestants, I think, at the for the first season were from Ontario. Okay, uh, and. You know, when we applied for season two, we had some inkling that they probably wanted to spread out their demographic in terms of the audience. Um, And so we thought, hey, if they're looking for a young married white couple – you know, uh, maybe we've got a shot. And and I think what what we decided to do was create this story around high school sweethearts. which is all true. I mean, we we met in high school, had had our son at a very young age, um, and um, just sort of played that up. And we thought again, you know, it's funny because Jen was like, "There's no way we're going to get in. Like, you know, we're not super fit. You know, we're not these buff guys and all this kind of stuff." And I thought, well, I think because of what I do for a living in the advertising business. I had a little bit of insight into how casting can kind of work, and and right. my, my thinking was, well, we're not competing against the the, the built team, you know. Mm-hmm. If we're competing against other white married couples, if that's what they want, then that's the role we can play. Um, right. So I, you know, that's what we did, and and um, I guess. And what was the process? Did you you you, you did they have you like I've heard you put a video in or something like that? Is that what you guys did? Yeah, you put a video in, and then from there it went on to multiple rounds of sort of questionnaires. So if you got past the video stage, uh, they yes. they send us each these long questionnaires, and, and man, it was. It was intense. It was like I bet. everything about sort of your life and your partner choice and why your partner and what do you love and what do you hate and all this kind of stuff. And then another questionnaire around activities and, and everything that you could think of as an activity was a question. Have you done it? Do you do it professionally? If wow. not, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then it went from there to a live. We met them here at a hotel in Halifax and we did a, yeah. a session with them like on the couch and, you know, they were filming yeah. the whole thing um, and they would just interview us and get us to do little games. And, and I think they're just looking for your dynamic, you know. 
Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting analogy, though. When you when you think about uh, when you think about starting a business, it's yeah. all about validation and customer uh, validation through customer engagement, right. and that's nothing less than what they did. They understand they have a customer, an audience that needs a specific type of delivery, yeah. and they want to make sure that their research is done so that they don't disappoint their customers. So they keep coming back to do it again, watch it again, and watch it again. And ultimately, it's about viewers, right? And viewers. Yeah. Are into into dollars and cents. So, would you, you know, did you did you see a lot of analysis? I mean, you're in the yeah, you are in the creative world, the advertising world. I mean, it's, it's a lot of what you would go through too. Who yeah. is the customer? Yeah, right. Yeah, it was it was incredible to watch it from that perspective. Like to 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 be, you know, cast in the show and then see how they operate that thing. It's unbelievable. I mean, mm. it, it, watching them go from city to city. I mean, they they would have these multiple crews, and there would there'd be a crew that would go ahead to the next location to prep everything for that, while the crew on your current location was doing that shoot. You know, and then they'd leapfrog, and it was just fascinating to see. What's the? Uh, I was fortunate enough to have um, one of the past dragons on our show recently, and I and I asked him the question: What's one thing that the audience doesn't know about the dragon stand? And so I'm going to ask you the same thing about the Amazing Race. What are maybe a couple of things that the audience doesn't know either about the production of the show or you know how how the uh, the, the the planning's done day by day? Um, it, it, just some, some of those insider secrets that would just <laughs> yeah. be cool information you say yeah i didn't realize it was going to be have this but but the our audience would be intrigued yeah so i'll 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 get sued but i'll talk about it (laughs) um, yeah no there was stuff like um a lot of people ask is it scripted and and no it's not scripted i mean we don't we don't we have no idea what's about to happen um right i mean it's fascinating from that perspective they have control over how they tell the story in terms of editing um sure but uh no what we do is what we do and that's what happens uh you you know so that's kind of neat um you know one thing that's fascinating about the experience is that you are completely sequestered in a bubble uh when you do this show and when you go Mm. to a hotel room no matter where you are um that hotel room has been every everything in there has been removed from a media standpoint. There's no TV. There's no radio. There's no reading material. There's nothing. And so, and why do they do that? Well, I'm not quite sure to be honest. I I think there's some science behind it. I I think yes, yeah, my yes, theory yeah. my theory is that it 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 sort of forces you to sort of immerse yourself completely mm-hmm. into this experience. And of course, if you mm. do that, you're you're gonna you're gonna react differently. You know, in front of the cameras, mm. you're gonna you're gonna take it seriously. You're gonna you're gonna think that this is what matters. And that's uh, very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, there's that, and of course when yes. you go, they they take everything from you. So it's it's almost like, not that I've been to prison, but I've seen enough movies. That, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you arrive, they sort of take everything from you, right? They put it in a little baggie, they put your name on it, and they send it to the production office. And so what you're left with is the clothes that you put in your bag and your passport, and that's it. No money, no bank cards, no ID, like nothing. Um, that's so, incredible. Yeah. Did you know that was going to happen? Uh, yeah, they they sort of warned us ahead of time that that this is the about this is kind of what's going to go down. I mean, you don't, you know, when you've been selected for that show, you don't really care what they say. You're just like, oh, this is a, oh, sure, okay, we'll do yeah, that, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in. Yeah. yeah. And how long did it? How long did it take to go from the time you started to the time it was completed? Because it looks like you know a week long 
journey uh is it how long does it usually take to to fit to start production and finish it for you guys uh, for the cast it's about six weeks yeah so wow. so what happens another little tidbit is when you when you first go there's a, a, a period of time where you're sort of in training um right and so you're you're sort of hidden away you're you're doing your promo stuff you know photos and interviews and all that kind of stuff before the race even starts um you do a fake race you know they 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 sort of help you run with a camera person and a sound person to get used to Mm. that um Mm. so there's like a week-long sort of well for us it was a week Uh, i don't know what it was for for people after that and then you know there's this moment where they go okay in 24 hours, we're going to be leaving to start the race. And they say, do you want any laundry done? And you go, yes, because I just shit my pants. Like, that's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's, uh, so talk to us about Jennifer during all of this. Is she, uh, is, is, is she the yang to your yin? Is she kind of more the, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call you out. Yeah. The, the calmer one of the relationship. Uh, it, it depends. I think that, I mean, I, it, um, we didn't know how we were going to be right. Like, yeah, we, I, I, mean, yeah. I don't think, you know, I mean, I think that we had a sense that we would, we have this thing. I mean, we've been together a long time. We had this thing where we fall into a pattern without even talking about it. You know, we could just go, okay, I'll take on this job and you'll take on that job and we'll just do this thing. Just sort of fall mm-hmm. into the natural roles. So we kind of mm. expected that to happen, but what we didn't know, I mean, uh, I, man, I was intense. Like I took things pretty seriously and I would get kind of like wound up and um, yeah. and she, she would look at me and be like dude you gotta you gotta calm down you gotta calm down that's right? my be, question right there you know? yeah. <laughs> but there was there, there were other moments like I'll tell you there was a fun moment and we wished we kind of wished it was aired but we were in this one scene we were driving and Jen had to drive and uh, there was this crazy stipulation on speeding and if you sped uh, you know they would film your speedometer and you could get a time penalty which of course you don't want so we right. hopped into this uh, uh, electric car, and yes. uh, and she was driving, and I was in the back. And my concern was don't speed. So I kept saying, "Watch your speed, watch your speed." And she goes, she said to me at one point, she goes, "Stop yelling at me about my speed." So I said, "Okay, instead I'll tap you. If you're speeding, I'll just tap your shoulder." Yeah. And I, so I'm tapping her shoulder. One time she turns around, she goes, "Stop fucking tapping me!" Why didn't they air that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we're going to air it. That's for sure. Good for you, Jen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's too fun. We had some moments. Yeah. So so what, uh, you know, you're a businessman also, and I always like to bring in uh, analogies for business. I'm a a big fan of the Tim Ferriss podcast show, and he does a lot of that stuff too, and brings it back to, you know, life, life experience into, into lessons. Is there anything from a, you know, that you've learned for your business uh, with arrivals and departures that you brought back and said, based on that experience with the amazing race, I'm going to suggest we do this with arrivals and departures. Uh, I don't know if it was that direct. I, I mean, I think I, I definitely came back. Well, first of all, when I came back, it, it took me a while to get my head back in the business game. Um, I bet. You know, six weeks out. I mean, h- here's one thing. No phone, right? Like no mm. phone. And I don't know about you. I don't know if in my entire life I've ever, since the beginning of smartphones, <laughs> not had it for six weeks. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. 
It was crazy. And and when I got it back, uh, I was afraid to turn it on. I, I literally I scared. You were. I was like, I don't know if I want to turn this on. Like, I don't know what shit is waiting for me in here. Um, right on. And I eventually did and, and took a day or two to kind of go through it all and get my head back. But I, I'll tell you, once I did get back, it was an interesting thing. Um, I found for me that things that we felt mattered, stuff that we would get crazy intense over mm-hmm. just didn't seem to matter as much to me anymore. And, um, and, and do you find that's true now, Sean? Um, uh, maybe did, did you, less so. I think caught off the press when we first got back, it was more true. I mean, it's not hard to get yeah. sucked back in, sucked back in, but sure. I mean, I, there was perspective gained for sure. Um, there was stuff that just little things, you know, I, well, I call them little now, um, you know, a client calling and being upset about something. I remember, in fact, one of the first things I had to deal with after coming back was that somebody was upset. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, we'll just talk about it. Like, it's not a big deal. I'll come over, yeah. we'll sit down, we'll work through it. And, yeah. um, different from before in the sense before, you know, we would have freaked out. We would have had a meeting. We would have got like, what do we want to do? How many people should go over? Like, Oh my God. And, um, that's what I did. I went over and I chatted and we solved it and we carried on. And, um, I think I just took some of that stuff a little less serious, which, well, for the sake of my health is probably a good thing. Um, sure. But I think for the sake of the clients, it's a good thing too. I mean, it's much better. I think to go over there and go, listen, I, I hear you. Let's sit down. Let's talk through it and see what we can do. And it was, it changed my approach to some of that stuff. Um, Is your wife the same way? Did your wife have, uh, Jennifer have the same, uh, I'll call it reaction? Well, again, we had a, we had a funny thing happen. Like, I don't, when I got out of the, we we got out of the show because I got injured and it was fairly early on. And so, so I took the injury a little bit personally, you know, like you sort you wear that, right? And, um, yeah, sure. And it took me a little, I think part of the reason it took me some time to get my head back in the game was that I was just sort of mentally managing that. And sure. um, she was like, okay, well, you're going to go through that. So I'm going to just, I'm going to snap back into normal. I'm going to, I'm just going to go about my thing and do what I need to do. And then when I started coming around, she kind of went into like a, I don't want to say funk, but it was definitely, okay, let me now kind of um, dwell on mm. this for a little bit of time. Um, you know, she started to second guess her business and, and her role in it. And does she want to keep doing it? I mean, I'll tell you, I don't know if it's the race so much. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was the race so much as it's six weeks away from anything. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think the time away just kind of makes you think about it. I was, uh, I was reading a book on the weekend or sorry, listening to an audio book called vagabonding. That was the title of vagabonding. Yeah. And, uh, that's one of the, one of the benefits that, uh, they were referencing and I'm not, and they're, and they're, they're not talking by the way of vagabonding, you know, you know, go on a, a, a trip to Israel and, you know, discover yourself for a week and then go back home. Now these are, these are six to eight to 10 week treks where you're just yeah. disconnected and which is what you did and yeah. the and the enlightenment that comes out of that um is is it seems to be very powerful stuff and i'm very attractive to learning more about it and it's kind of interesting the universe has put me to you today to kind of talk yeah. to talk about your experiences because uh, i i you know as much as there was you know the funk I, it sounds to me like it was it was a good funk that you went through because of that because of that thought process of reflection that you went through. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, I think it's got it's got good and bad moments. It's, there's there's both aspects I think to the experience, right? I think um, mm. you know you know I don't know if you ask someone else on my team, they might go, "Yeah, that really sucked that it took you that long to get your head back in the game," <laughs> you know, yeah. which, which yeah, maybe yeah. was true. But on the same to- the same token, I but who gives a shit what they uh, think? Well, <laughs> this is about your journey when you really get down to it, right? Yeah. They think it sucks, but you're saying, oh, "Actually, I'm learning a lot going through this." Yeah, I mean, first of all, look what I just did, and now I. Yeah. I mean, try to imagine. I mean, again, forgetting the race. Try to imagine yes. as an adult human being, being forced because I don't think there's any other way to disconnect for that long. I mean, a month and a half. You know, uh, I, I mean, crazy. I don't know if if you hadn't done it, I don't know what you'd think would happen. But yeah. but yeah. it's uh, it's a pretty strange <laughs> experience. It's funny because I talked to a lot of there's some racers, some people that did that experience that were still fairly close to. One of those people is Hal Johnson from Body Break. You know, Hal and Joanne. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, so Hal and I have become friends, and we chat every so often. And and you know, here's a guy that's you know been on TV his entire life. He's a Canadian mm-hmm. cultural icon, and mm-hmm has the same has the same kind of perspective on it you know that experience the getting out of it for six weeks coming back and going okay now what and how does that fuel or not mm, uh, you know great. what we do next you know it's That's it's quite so cool if you can ever do it you, sh- you should do it. I'm not the race yeah, so much, but uh, get away. Yeah, but that's that, that's ultimately what I'm getting back to. You should do it. You should escape. You should look at it escaping in the sense of one, putting your phone away, and two, just zoning out for a while and see where your mind takes you and the universe takes you yeah. in that journey as a, as just the point of reflection. So uh, thank you for letting us take that uh, the, that talk about journey that journey with you with the uh, the amazing race. That's some some very cool insights and and uh, Reflections to go with it. Yeah. Um, I want to. I want to scoot quickly over to uh, a couple other things. One is I'm, I'm very interested in your human preservation company. Actually, let's tie into that now since we're talking about reflection. Um, yeah. It's it's a it's a clothing brand aimed at reminding people that we're all in this together. What is this that you're talking about? Everything that we're talking about right now, life, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, we're we're all in it. We're all in it together, and um, shouldn't we just try to do a better job of that? <laughs> you know, and, and it, it, I, you know, Paul again started this. He came barreling into my office one day after just hearing a story on the radio about some woman in the U.S. who. Um, I think she, some guy had paid for her groceries, and then shortly after he paid for the groceries, he was hit and killed. I think by I'm not sure what the accident was, but he he died, and right. um, he felt compelled to reach out to this woman and sort of came in, and he's always looking for a new idea, you know, and we're always thinking what else could we do here at the agency, and he yes. just barely into my office telling me this story. And he goes, I want to start this clothing thing, and at the time it was called something different, It was Good Human or be something else, and and uh, I was like, holy shit, I love this, and uh, also a big supporter. And I think that part of that experience on the race and reflection was also about that, you know, was sure. Why are we such assholes sometimes? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and so I dove right in and asked, God, we, we must have whiteboarded that idea for days and days. You know, we had a Christmas party uh, shortly after we had started sort of batting this around. And I remember being at the Christmas party and he called me up to my, my own office where he was in there sitting, looking at the whiteboard that we were working on. <laughs> yeah. And of course nice. we, we got into it, you know, for three more hours and people at the party were like, come on, like not now. <laughs> uh, and you know, we don't do things kind of half assed and, and maybe in hindsight it might've helped us to do that a, a bit slower, but we jumped in and we said, 
let's do this. Let's let's launch the let's launch the clothing. The message is smart. Um, people, I think people will buy this. Let's go for it. And why uh, clothing though to deliver the message? Why did you choose? Why did you just get on and and do other things such as deliver the message, share the stories? Why clothing? Yeah, you know what? That's a great question. And thinking back, I'm not even really sure why. But I think I think that. Part of it was, and, and and Paul and I only discovered this with each other partway through the exercise, and that was mm-hmm. that at, at one point I was seeing this company as a company sending this message of 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 good, you know, for lack of a better term, and and at one point he, I realized he was seeing it as a graphic tea company. So here, here, here we sat down and we went guns barreling to, to, to push this thing out. And we had two very different perspectives on what it was and didn't even talk about that. That is nuts. <laughs> but, I, but I really, I mean, it really is pushing the creativity. It, it was like, yeah, we'll figure this out. Yeah. It's more about what it is we're trying to accomplish, let alone how we're yeah. going to do it. Yeah. And so we just went for it and, and we sort of, um, we, you know, we did both things. We came up with shirts that had sayings on them. We had shirts that had just be human on them. We had graphic tee versions of those shirts and some sold and some didn't. And we would take that information and try something else. Um, and ultimately we got to a point where we were talking about it exactly like you just said, where, well, why does it have to be t-shirts? Why couldn't it be on anything? Why, why can't mm. our social posts be about that? And we got caught up in all sort of like when we were doing it, we were getting caught up in what the guideposts were. So for example, we spent a lot of time going, well, let's do videos about giving homeless sandwiches. Uh, Okay. That's doing good. But are we telling people that they should be doing that? Or is it just about spreading this idea? And by doing that, people are accepting that, right. And, and Mm -hmm. talking about Mm -hmm. it. And so, you know, we were sort of navigating that, uh, the whole time. And, and, um, ultimately sort of, Based on where you know what's sold, we would sort of go with that for a while. So where's it today? Well, today, so what's happened is we actually sold the company to to yeah. another t-shirt company called Fog Off Clothing. And I don't, okay. I don't know if you've heard of Fog Off Clothing. But, I have not. No. But Fog Off Clothing, I don't know what your immediate thought is on what that is, but my immediate thought was it was some sort of playoff East Coast weather. Yeah, and yeah. Um, what, what happened was um, the guy that owns Fog Off called us and was interested in doing a partnership with us, uh, mostly because he was looking for more online presence and we were looking for more retail presence. And he had that and we had what he needed. Right. And when he first came in, he said, you know, I'm interested in this partnership. And the whole time, to be honest, I kind of had my back up a little, not because I was opposed to the idea of a partnership, because I didn't get the connection between the two brands and it didn't make any mm. sense to me. Until he told me the story and the story of fog of clothing is it's really a mental health uh, brand and this idea of your fog and lifting your mental fog. And um, in fact, the guy that owns it has gone on to get awards from Cam H and has become a a real advocate for this sort of thing. Well, then it clicked and I I realized, oh, my God, this is actually an incredible Mm -hmm. partnership Mm -hmm. because – You've you've come at it from a uh, a mental health perspective, right. and we we came at it from a human perspective. Just be people. Uh, acceptance yes. was our kind of goal, and we thought, let's do this. And in the end, what happened was now we were we were we were fulfilling this company through resources both inside the agency and from a couple of people that we had hired. And at the time, the people that we, one of the people we had hired decided they wanted to move back out west, and we were struggling to keep up with the resources internally at the agency. So we made a decision to just sell it to him and let him sort of take it on and, um, and carry on with it. And has he respected it? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I saw him at a at a at a show uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he and there he was, you know, wearing the shirt. And I was like, "Wow, this is kind of weird," but but yeah, it was cool. That's, uh, it was was it um uh, you talked about the match and you know the, i guess the respect for the brand that you created was that the first time you you sold a company uh me yes yeah yeah how'd that feel uh, uh well to be honest with this company it was it was um it was bittersweet, you know, like, yes. um, I, I think we wanted to hang on to it because we liked the idea, you know, and I was a, a big believer that this was something that people were responding to, you know, I'd be out somewhere, I'd see the shirt or, I, you know, I'd see, I'd see someone walking with one and I'd stop them and say hello. And so with Paul, um, and it felt good to be honest. Mm. Um, but it, it just was taxing a little bit. And, um, you know, right. it was one of those scenarios where we either got to do this kind of whole hog and go for like dive in with both feet, um, yes. and invest, you know, spend more money and, and, or kind of call it. And, and what do we want to do? Right. And so we decided right. to call it. Yeah, well, it's a, there's a saying that a friend of mine always say, you know, your priorities keep bumping into each other, and sooner yeah, or later, yeah. some of them fail at it. So that's that, that was so. It ultimately, was a, a a pragmatic decision based on based on bandwidth that you made that decision, and I think exactly. that that's fair. You decided where you wanted to spend the most of your time, and and you did that. Um, Let's dive into arrivals and departures, uh, and uh, send send us home with that with that conversation. Um, what's your who's your who's your your audience? I mean, this this whole like, whole creative agency world is a dog eat dog world at its yeah. at its you know at its best. And uh, you know, I get a great amount of respect for you guys lasting as, as you know as long as you have. And I say that respectfully. It's you've beaten the odds. Uh, Paul's beaten yeah. the odds. You've beaten the odds. And yeah. so, who's your target? And what's your What's your stick? What's your what's your value proposition that that really has you uh, being at the top of your game with the with your great clients? Well, look, here's a, I mean, our our thing when we started back when we were called Extreme Group was we just believed that we could do uh, frankly better work than than that's fair. Um, our counterparts in the region, and, and and we set out to sort of do work that. Uh, um, I don't know. That just would resonate with people. And that sounds like kind of obvious. Um, but I think in relative terms, I'm not sure that every other agency, speaking from personal experience, that that's their goal. Right. You know, I, I think that some agencies have a have a, a, a culture that is about serving, you know, the client's needs and wants. Um, other other agencies are more about, you know, government relations or public, public relations, PR. Um, ours was about creativity and, and solving problems with creativity. Beautiful. And so I don't even know that we thought that clearly about, you know, who is our audience versus whoever it is that comes to us should be getting really great work. And if we can do really great work, we can maybe get more people coming to us. Mm. And that's, that's kind of been the way we've done it since the beginning. Have you ever had to fire a customer because they didn't really appreciate good work? Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, I have done it once. Yes. Um, I don't, you know, I think I have sat with a client and just sort of pleasantly discussed that this isn't working. Um, and, and usually, you know, that, that only happens when you're in a scenario where, you know, some, somebody wants really good work. You think you're giving them really good work, but somehow the dots just aren't connecting. Right. And, um, it's just a match that isn't, that it doesn't work. You know, it's, 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 
it's that simple on it on it you know but did, how, long, how long did it take you to to realize that? Did you go through? I mean, you you know, you go through a, 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 a reconciliation process, an understanding process. But ultimately, between when you started that thinking like that and you had to let go, what was the time period? Uh, it would. I guess it would have been if I had to guess. Maybe it's this period of six, seven months. Oh, you know, really? I think okay, um, cool. Yeah. Maybe 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 longer. I, like I think what happened in that scenario was we had this sort of idea that we should exhaust all the options. Yeah, sure. You know? Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, things are going bad, you know, but the, the, the your staff are complaining, they're getting yelled mm. at, you're getting yelled at, mm. you, you know, you try to motivate people. Hey guys, like, okay, I know it sucks, but let's try this and let's try this. And then it just kind of, it just kind of hit the wall one day and we went, okay, that's enough. Like, you know, now, now I've had enough and I can't ask you guys to endure anymore. And I'm sure they're feeling the same way. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's let me have that chat and we'll see where it goes. And, um, well, you know, it's, to be honest, it wasn't difficult. Yeah, and it felt pretty good. And you know, I, I remember getting back to those days when Paul and I first met in the cellular business. We were with MT&T Cellular, and then there was another group called Cantel. I don't know if you uh, yeah. remember that. Anyway, I remember. I remember yeah. we would lose customers to Cantel every now and then. And our bosses, that's fantastic. That's the best thing we can do to be competitive. Send them our worst customers. And yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. We're, yeah. Hey, we're going to go to Cantel. Okay, fantastic. Go bug them. Take up all of their resources yeah. because there are yeah. there, there's come a time when ultimately you have to move on and it's just not working. And I'm I'm glad you recognize that. Um, Sean, I want to take us. Um, I, I want to get back to the agency world if I could uh, to have you lead us home for this conversation. It's been wonderful and thank you so much for it. I I want to talk about a lot of our a lot of entrepreneurs love you know the are, are in the creative world whether that's social media, digital marketing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, uh, just billboards, whatever. It's all ultimately marketing agency world. What's the one piece of advice you can give to them besides what we've already talked about uh, with providing a good quality product that really is is, is creative, but what is a, a business piece of advice you can give to them that they must do in order to last 20 years as you guys have? Oh, God. Um, well, to me, two things are coming to mind right away. Um, maybe three. The first thing is, because this is what we've how we've always approached it was is just try some stuff and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, try something else. Like, I think right. that when when we're not at our best is when we are overthinking, we're overanalyzing. I'm, I'm not I'm, mm. I'm not suggesting make mistakes. Like, don't do anything stupid, but. But sometimes we can paralyze ourselves with fear, right? Like so, the mm. fear of decision making, of course, results in no decisions being made. And and um, mm. we got to a point where we we're really good, you know, at kind of going, look, this seems valid. We know what the risks are. Let's go for it. And and if it doesn't work, fuck, it didn't work. Try something else. So that approach right, right. really served us well. We had this internal mantra at the agency, and it, it's, we still use it uh, a little bit, but it was this idea that anything is possible. And mm -hmm. the point of that mantra was to suggest to everybody here, look, we're going to come up with some stuff that clients are going to love, but they're not going to know how to buy it. They're not going to know how to sell it mm. to their report, and that report's not going to know how to sell it to their boss. And so interesting, we're going to have to be the ones that help them do that. And so if we're the ones that go, oh, that's not possible, if we're the ones that go, logistically, this is going to be tough, mm. then you're never going to sell mm. anything. Anything. You're never going to do anything right. right. 
So our whole thing was, I have this uh, saying, it's, I wish it was my own. I borrowed it from a great book called Hey Whipple, Squeeze This. It's an incredible book on advertising. And um, hey, Whipple, <laughs> hey Whipple, Squeeze This. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, based on the, uh, it's based on the campaign. I don't know if you remember this campaign, Don't Squeeze the Charmin, way back in the day. Sure do. Sure and do. The guy in the, those commercials was called Mr. Whipple. And uh, mm-hmm. and the whole premise of this book is that they had this amazing – this campaign that was selling more Charmin toilet paper than they could ever have imagined and then spent many years trying <laughs> to change the campaign because people didn't like it. And so yeah. so yet it was selling. So it, you can see the conundrum. But the the yeah. the uh, totally yeah, the idea is that you're gonna come you're gonna spend twenty percent of your time coming up with ideas and eighty percent of your time selling them and making them happen. And and I think that yeah. the mistake that agencies or people in the agencies mm. often make is not realizing that that there's actually more work, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that goes into making it happen than there was mm. coming up with the ideas in the first place. And uh, wow. so wow. we try to put the work into that part, and um, and sometimes yeah. it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Well, it's process and it's behind the scenes stuff and uh, it's 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 very very uh, strategic and that's really what I wanted to get out of this this last piece because the creativity part is the fun part but ultimately the engine's got to work where uh, where it works for the agency and the client and you and you touched on that point so succinctly. Yeah. Thank you very much. No um Sean you're the amazing race uh, arrivals and departures please say hi to my uh, buddy Paul for <laughs> yeah. me I, I come in contact with him every now and then never directly it's always through other people I think that's uh, kind of something I need to listen to yeah. he avoids uh, talking to me but seriously say hi to him uh, the human preservation company your wife Jennifer it's uh, you lead a pretty good life my friend and keep doing your magic and uh, and, and keep laughing you got an infectious laugh too. Uh, it's, uh, you're pretty cool Okay, thanks, man. (laughs) Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Jason Flick, co-founder and CEO of UITV, and you're listening to Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. Let's continue the journey with uh, with when you say you're, you're driving the nation's biggest TV industry partners. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So if, if you look at what's happening in this space and, and we're all living it in TV, right? If, if, 10 years ago, if you wanted good TV content, you got a set-top box with a yeah. Com- Commodore 64-like interface, which I'm sure many of your listeners probably remember those. And, that's, and yeah. that was it. That's how you got premium content. And then right. Netflix came out and changed all that. And so um, now everybody is delivering everything everywhere. And so we're working with some of the biggest sports brands to bring rich experience on all those different platforms. Ultimately, this is about, as every industry is, it's about users winning, right? They want, they don't want their content locked in a crappy box that's hard to access. They want it everywhere, anywhere, all the time. And I think that's the overall uh, theme you're seeing in every company now. That's where the entrepreneurs should be racing is areas where huge companies can't innovate enough and yes. do like us. And I think a lot of Canadian companies do kind of being behind the scenes, empower these giants to be 
be what they need to be or do it yourself, right? And go, go direct and, and take care of that. 